This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, and it is indeed a wonderful Erev Shabbos. It's Erev Shabbos Nachmu, the Shabbos of consolation, the Shabbos of blessing. After the pain and suffering of Tishabov, not only the fast that we've gone through, but the memory, the memory of destruction, of exile, and all the terrible things that happened to us over the centuries, Shabbos Nachmu comes along to tell us that all will be well. And it's not only consolation in the simple sense of the word that the pain is gone, but it'll be completely transformed, we will understand why in fact we had to go through the experiences that we did, and why in fact, ultimately, they are a source of incredibly high and wonderful profound blessing. And this is why Shabbos Nachmu has always been a time that, well, a time of great joy. We've gone through the three weeks, three weeks of mourning, more intense mourning of the nine days, and we've gone through a period of deep, deep introspection. Introspection in the terms of why, in fact, the destruction took place. Not only one, but two. Why, in fact, the exile took place. And we've gone through a historical perspective as well. How this all began so long ago, the Jewish people in the wilderness and the desert, when they chose not to listen to Joshua and Caleb, and rather listen to the scouts that well spoke badly about the promised land. And they began to cry. What did God say? Today you cry for nothing. You will see that this day, in fact, will become a day of crying. And how we talked about the idea of destruction, the idea of losing a sense of pride, a sense of purpose, a sense of deep identity. It's losing a sense of what we have to do, the responsibility of going forward and getting involved in the incredibly privileged process of transforming the world. This is, in fact, what our purpose upon this earth is. We don't only exist. Yes, we live a limited amount of years, some more, some less, each according to the way that Hashem God has planned for him. But each and every one of us is a great participant, a partner in this overwhelming activity of completing creation. And not only completing creation, but going through experiences, yes, sometimes challenging, sometimes difficult, and transforming them, ultimately coming to understand why, in fact, these challenges, these difficulties, while indeed rooted in all sorts of, well, negative causes. Nonetheless, they are there and they have to be handled. And this is why the nine days culminating with Tisha of a 24-hour period of intense sadness, a fast day, is something that we have gone through last week. And now we are here, Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of Consolation, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, the great prophet Yeshayahu Isaiah is told by God, go and comfort, comfort, comfort my people. A double comfort that we'll talk about a bit later on. But the idea that this Shabbos has always been a time of great festivity, a time of great joy. Wherever you go in the world, there is that incredible song of Nachamu. The song of, well, things will change. Things will get better. Things will, in fact, be transformed. There is the shadow, there is the darkness, there is the night, there is the difficulty, but then there is the light and the blessing and the excitement of consolation as well. And this is why it's a very special letter of Shabbos. We're going to talk about the idea of Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, my people shall be comforted in the double sense of the word. 
It's also the Shabbos of Vatchanan. Vatchanan is always Shabbos Nachmu, just as the first portion, the first part, the Vorim, the first parsha, the Vorim, is always during the week of Tishabov, always precedes Tishabov, so too Shabbos Nachamu is always Vatchanan. And there is a relationship between the words Vatchanan and Nachamu. There is a relationship that talks to us what in fact this is all about. And this Parsha is an incredible Parsha. If you go through it, well, if you go through it portion by portion, you'll be astounded as to what in fact this Parsha contains. This Parsha contains two highlights, two of the most important aspects of Jewish life. Number one, again, we repeat, Moshe repeats, the Ten Commandments, the Aseret brought the Ten Commandments are repeated in this parsha. In the fourth reading, in the fourth portion, we repeat the Ten Commandments. It also contains, in the sixth reading, in the sixth portion, we read about the Parsha of Shema. Now, almost everyone knows the Shema prayer, whether you know all the words, but you certainly know the first words. Everybody knows Shema Yisrael, hear, O Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, God is our God, Hashem Echad, God is one. The universal prayer, the ultimate prayer of the Jewish people, and this Parsha contains both. In fact, if the Parsha only contained the Ten Commandments, or it only contained Shema, it would have been a tremendous, tremendous Parsha. It contains both. And we have to understand why, in fact, Torah includes both of these ideas within the same Parsha. Why, in fact, both concepts of the Ten Commandments and the Shema are contained in the very same Parsha. And how all of that is contained with the word Va'etchanan. Va'etchanan is the continuation of Moshe's speech. Now, as we explained at length last week, the book of Devorim, the book of Devorim is Moshe talking to us, repeating the Torah Deuteronomy, in fact, repeating and reviewing what we've gone through, the wilderness, the miracles leaving Egypt, the revelation at Sinai, the great story of the Jewish people who for 40 years wandered in the wilderness. And Moshe emphasizes certain things. But as we become familiar with the Parsha this week, you will see that he emphasizes a number of things with a certain amount of, well, accent, I should say. It is important for us to hear very carefully what Moshe is saying to us in this parsha. Of course, this is all the prophecy coming from God. But what Moshe, in his words, is telling us in terms of this parsha and how this comes after Tishabov, this comes during the week of Nachamu of consolation, this comes during the week that we begin seven weeks of consolation, seven weeks of blessing. We had three weeks of difficulty, three weeks of, well, a bit of punishment as well. But now are seven weeks more than double. The blessing that comes is always greater. And how all this fits together in terms of the Parsha, in terms of the ideas that we are talking about, and again to emphasize that this is Moshe. This is Moshe, in a sense, bearing his soul to us, talking to us in his words, giving us the story behind the story, giving us the story of how to understand the various episodes that took place previously in the Torah. Yes, we came across some incredible stories as we read, well, the second, the third, and fourth book of Torah, which speaks about the Jewish people from the time of Egypt until this moment, standing on the side of the Jordan, ready to enter the promised land. And the stories are great, 
difficult stories sometimes, harsh stories sometimes, frightening stories sometimes. We often wondered how the people of Israel could have behaved in the way that they did. And Moshe gives us insight, not only in terms of what he was feeling, but how, in fact, the story should truly be understood. Because sometimes when experiencing something, we are too subjectively involved to truly understand or to truly feel the greater dimension of that experience. Yes, we go through it, and it's very subjective and very personal, but at the same time, we are missing a certain amount of perspective, of context, in order to understand what, in fact, that experience was all about. And now, now we have the objectivity of Moshe's great vision. And what greater vision can there possibly be than the vision of Moshe. Moshe was the individual who spoke with God daily. Moshe is the ultimate leader. Moshe is the one who cares, who is concerned, who loves each and every single Jew with a passion, with a power which is unbelievable, defending them left, right, and center every single time. They transgress. They unfortunately anger God, and he stands there always protecting the Jewish people. And he says to us in this parsha, et Hanan, he speaks about something which is very painful in his own life, how he pleaded with the Almighty again and again and again to allow him to enter the promised land. And he says, I did it, Laman Chem. I did it for your sake. What caused it was your bad behavior, the way you clamored for water. And therefore I was forced to hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. But not only that, I wanted to go into the promised land, not for my personal gain that I would be able to fulfill more mitzvahs, although that is a consideration as well, but leman chem, I wanted to continue as your leader, your protector, your defender, the one who ultimately protects you against any type of onslaught and protects you against sometimes, yes, even the anger of Hashem, even the anger of God. And this is something that we have to understand. Va'et Hanan, this incredible plea. And Va'et Hanan has the gematria, has the numerical value. I think we've spoken about this in the past, 515. What Moshe is in fact telling us is that I asked God 515 times to allow me to enter the promised land. 515 times. And there has to be a lesson there. There has to be a message there. There is something there that we have to understand in order to appreciate what, in fact, Moshe is saying. This is the way the Parsha begins, and therefore it's a very general type of statement. It's a word which encompasses the Ten Commandments and the Shema and everything else that is contained within this Parsha. We have to to understand what all that is all about. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about why this Shabbos is so very special. It's the Shabbos Nachmu, the Shabbos of Great Consolation, the double consolation of Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. It's the Parsha that contains the Ten Commandments and the Shema. And it's all within the parsha of Et Hanan, and we have to understand what that relationship is all about, and why, in fact, this is the ultimate double, the double type of consolation. But before that, we're talking about Et Hanan, and in order for us to understand the issues that I raised earlier on, how, in fact, the relationship of the Ten Commandments and the Shema come together in one parsha, how, in fact, all of this is part of the prayer 
of Moshe, how all of this is contained in a Shabbos that is universally known as Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of the double consolation. We have to carefully examine what Moshe is saying at the opening of the Parsha, Ba'et Hanan, which in fact is the name of the Parsha. Now, Ba'et Hanan has a number of translations, but basically they fall into two categories. On the one hand, it means simple prayer, reaching out to God, making an overture, pleading with the Almighty that he should give us something. And yes, it might be something that we deserve. It might be something that we feel that we've earned, but for some reason is being held back. Sometimes it's not something that we've earned, but et chanan basically is an expression of prayer. Prayer, tefillah, reaching out to God, reaching out from within our human capacity, from within our limited human capacity, using our emotion, using our minds, using our hearts, and pouring out words of prayer to God. Whatever it is that we need, whether it's an issue of health, an issue of relationship, an issue of, of parnasah, well, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge, or whatever thing that we really want from the Almighty, prayer is something that we reach out from time to time. And as our commentaries tell us, this is one of the great mitzvot, reaching out to God in a time of need. Yes, of course, prayer contains the praise of God. Prayer contains also the wonder of God's creation. But essentially, prayer is reaching out, cleaving to God, reaching out to connect with God so that he give us something that we ask for. Ve'et Hanan also means that we want something that should come directly from God, not necessarily as a result of our prayers or because we tell God we've earned it or we deserve it or for whatever reason other. We ask God, give it to us as if it is a free gift from you to me. In other words, not necessarily I reach out to God in prayer, but I reach out to God that he give me something, that the overture come from him, that he grants me something which is incredible, something which is great, something which falls into the category of Moshe's asking God. 515 times to enter into the promised land. And these are two different types of approaches, relationships that we have with God what God gives us, and how we appeal to God. God gives us sometimes things that we don't ask for. God gives us gifts that, well, he decides for whatever reason that he wants to privilege us with something special. Matan Torah, for instance, giving us the Torah at Sinai. God came down from heaven. He made the first move. He moved toward man. He moved toward the Jew. He moved toward each and every one of us and said, Here, here is a gift of the Torah, the infinite gift of the Torah, which I am giving to you. God is giving us something gratis and free, something from him to us. And at the same time, there is the other relationship, the terms of prayer. We reach out to God. And it's these two movements from God to man and from man to God, which are contained within the word Hanan Moshe is saying to God on the one hand, yes, I am asking you, I am praying, I am entreating, I am asking with all that I can that you should give me something. And he was deserving of receiving uh proper positive response to his blessing and at the same time he says i ask you to do it because of your sake give it to me as if you are giving me a gift which is free 
and gratis. And this is something which is important to understand, this dual relationship. And it's not two separate relationships. It's not two separate modes of connection. They complement each other. God moves toward man, man moves toward God, and it's this association, this relationship, which creates the wholeness of our connection with the Almighty. And these two ideas are basically expressed in the idea of Torah, which is a gift from God to man, and prayer, which is man reaching out to God. Now stop for a moment and consider what in fact best emphasizes, highlights the Torah, the giving of the Torah. You'll all agree, of course. It's Matan Torah, what happened at Sinai. When God gave the Jewish people the Ten Commandments and the Torah, this is the ultimate gift from God to man. This is what God gives the Jew. He is each and every one of us, the incredible blessing of the Ten Commandments. What is the ultimate prayer? The ultimate prayer is Shema. Each and every one of us knows. It's a prayer that we learn as children. It's a prayer that we repeat once, twice, sometimes more than twice a day. It is a prayer which essentially expresses the idea of prayer, connecting with God, the Shema, the ultimate prayer, the reaching out from the Jew from below upwards. And these two Ideas are contained within this Parsha. On the one hand, we have the Ten Commandments. On the other hand, we have the Shema. Both represent a type of approach from the divine to man and from man to the divine, which are contained within the word of Etchanan. This is what Moshe is saying. Both prayer, reaching out from below upwards, and the gift from God, drawing down, giving from upwards to us here below. And it's these two ideas that are contained in these two highlights, the Ten Commandments and the Shema. Now, while, of course, one might think that Torah and Tefillah, Torah and prayer, are two separate things, no. There are moments of Torah and moments of Tefillah. The person who says, I have Torah only, I have only the gift of study, I only have time to develop my my mind, but I don't develop my prayer, then we are telling that individual, you don't even have Torah. In order for Torah to be complete, in order for you to receive this gift from God, you also have to make the overture from yourself to God. And similarly, the individual who says, I have only tefillah, I only reach out to God, and I don't receive, I don't have the capacity or the desire to receive that which God gives me from the goodness, so to speak, of God's heart, then you don't have to feel it either. They complement each other, the mind and the heart. The soul contains the infinite dimension of both, but in the consciousness of man, they express themselves in two separate ways. One is connected with the mind, with intellect, the study of Torah. The other is connected with heart, with passion, with excitement, with love, with awe, reaching up, reaching out, to God himself. And it's these two dimensions which in fact create the wholeness of the human being, the development of mind and the development of the heart, the development of mind, the study of Torah. And not only that, but God says, this is how the nations of the world will applaud and recognize 
the great genius of the Jewish people, not so much for the other contributions that they've made, and they have made plenty throughout the ages in terms of the sciences, in terms of health, in terms of economics, in terms of so many different things. But when will they truly applaud the intellect of the Jewish people, the genius of the Jewish people, when the Jewish people reflect the genius of Torah? Torah is this devotion to intellectual development which is so vital, which is so necessary in order for an individual to truly know who he is, what in fact it means to be a Jew, and how he ultimately is a witness of God, a reminder to the world that he represents godliness in the world. And at the same time, the idea of the Shema, the idea of developing the heart, the idea of creating within oneself a sense of emotion, an energy that contains passion, an energy of tefillah, of reaching out, understanding oneself, knowing one's qualities, knowing one's faults, knowing one's strengths, knowing one's weaknesses. These things come together. We reach out. We analyze ourselves. We go through the process of bettering ourselves, of recognizing those dimensions within ourselves that have to be corrected. We have to enhance the qualities of life. This is what prayer is all about. It's not only by rote repeating word after word again and again and again. It's far more profound than that. It is the ability of, as a human being, reaching out, bettering oneself, becoming an individual that constantly works at elevating his status, elevating himself as a person, the idea of prayer reaching from below upwards, and it's these two ideas that come together in this week's Parsha, the Ten Commandments, which represent Torah, and of course, the idea of Shema, which represents prayer. And this is why, again and again and again within the Parsha, we come across this interesting duality, this interesting coming together of two different ideas representing, in fact, one concept. We speak about you have been shown and you now understand that God is God, and there is no one except the Almighty Himself. But how does that passage begin? It begins, you have been shown, a gift from God. God Himself has shown you, and then that, in order for you to understand your understanding, your awareness comes about as a result of the fact that you have been shown the greatness of God, the miracle of God, the miraculous interaction, intervention of God throughout your life, individually and as a people. And similarly, you come to understand. And then we come across a few lines later, a passage that says, V'yadata hayom, you will understand today, v'hashivata, you will return to your heart. You will feel that God is in heaven and earth above and below and there is none other. And yes, you see, again, the slight suggestion, the slight difference in words. One speaks about God will show you. This is a gift. You come to an awareness through the fact that God gave you a gift that you will develop with your mind. And later on, we speak about how the mind, in fact, inspires the heart to reach out to God, to recognize there is none but God. One talks about God giving us the gift of Torah through which we come to the recognition of his infinite greatness and his exclusive 
holiness in terms of all of creation. And the second one speaks about the slow process of developing a sense of understanding that affects our hearts, that inspires our hearts, and we return. We go from below upwards. We have this incredible return to the Almighty, and we come to the final realization that in oh, there is nothing but God. And this is what the Etchanan is all about. The Etchanan is the idea of, on the one hand, the prayer, the movement from below upwards from man to God, and the Atchanan, the gift that we receive from God in order to understand, in order to know the gift of Torah, the gift of prayer. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about Vet Hanan, which contains two incredible different approaches, the approach from God to man and the approach from man to God and how both of them create a wholeness, a completion of that which we have to do in this world. We receive the gift from God through which we see, through which we understand, through which we know without doubt that it's God and only God that exists in this world. And then, of course, through our own efforts, we elevate ourselves. We go through the challenges of coming to understand certain ideas, developing our mind, developing our heart, allowing the passion, the excitement of Torah Judaism to somehow occupy our feelings, our expressions. We work so hard at creating, on the one hand, the ability to receive the gift from God, the openness, the joy, the ability to recognize the gift from God, to stand at Sinai, so to speak, to stand at Sinai collectively as a people and as an individual, the personal Sinai that we go through. Well, sometimes on a very daily basis, we go through experiences that we feel we receive a gift from God, and at the same time to use the time of prayer. And this is why every single day a person is obligated to pray, a person is obligated to study, a person is often asked, why is it that the Jewish people continue on a daily basis to study the Torah? Why do you have to study the Torah every single day? Isn't once a week enough? Isn't once a month enough? Isn't once in a while enough? And the answer is no. You have to toil, you have to exhaust yourself intellectually in order to show your appreciation that you have received something from God because this will ultimately create a clarity within your intellect. Our intellect is powerful. Our intellect is incredible, but it has to receive the proper information. You know, you can have the most powerful computer in the world. If you don't put the correct data into that computer, well, it's almost useless. It has this tremendous potential energy, and it's not being used because the correct data, the correct information is not being inserted into that machine. How much more so? infinitely more so, a human being who has a mind, a mind which is more powerful than any computer in the world, a mind which is so incredibly full of such tremendous levels of energy. We have to fill it with the right information, the right data. Torah is not only knowledge information, but Torah creates an energy which further expands our mind. It enables us to know, to think, to understand at a level which is far beyond that which we believed before. And similarly, with it comes to prayer, 
the idea of developing our heart, our passion, our words, that we feel something when we pray. It's not only words that we say. We stand in shul with a sitter and repeat the same words again and again every single day, every single week, every single Shabbos. No, it goes beyond that. Suddenly the words begin to shine. They light up. They have meaning, not only meaning in the, well, general sense of the word or the external sense of the word, but the internal sense of the word. We feel something personal. We say things in prayer. We say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu, Hashem Achad. It's not only hero Israel. We begin to hear something. We begin to understand something. We begin to feel something. We begin to recognize Hashem Alekeinu, that God is our God. We see the incredible expression of God through nature, and we feel the incredible presence of God in the pure sense of the word. Hashem Achad, the unity of everything that is contained within creation. And this becomes a vibrancy. This becomes an energy. This becomes a reality in terms of our feelings. Something takes place within ourselves that, yes, we begin to feel, and we know what feelings are. We have feelings. We have feelings of fear. We have feelings of love. We have feelings that somehow touch so many different levels of our lives. We have to have divine feelings as well. We have to feel a sense of passion. We have to, yes, to love God, to feel that incredible excitement that he allows us to connect with him and he, in fact, encourages us to do so through the gift that he gives us, the gift of Torah, and through the ability that he gives us to develop ourselves through the power of prayer as well. And this brings us to the double Nachamu that we celebrate this Shabbos. Nachamu, Nachamu. I mean, it's not only the words of Isaiah, which are the opening words of the Haftarav this week, but yes, there is a Nachamu, Nachamu. And we often say, Nachamu, Nachamu, double within Torah. It doesn't mean twice as much. It is infinitely more than one. It multiplies at a far greater degree Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, it means a different type of consolation altogether. Because in life, in the world that we live in, yeah, we go through the activity of Nichamu Belim, God forbid, mourners have lost a loved one. We console them, we console them as best we can, but the pain, the hurt is there. And yes, while of course consolation is something that we have to be involved in providing comfort, and we hope and pray that people, the pain will be eased, but the sense of loss is always there really. Whether you're conscious of it all the time, whether you're not conscious, but there is a hollow within your heart, there is a hollow within your life that is not complete, and it is in a sense well, a potential place of pain and suffering. What is the real Nechama when that pain is not only taken away, but that pain is completely transformed into something altogether different? You begin to see a source of blessing there. You begin to understand that something extraordinary has taken place. Nachamu, Nachamu Ami is not only a consolation for the first temple and the second temple. Nachamu, Nachamu Ami is not only the double consolation that comes after the pain and suffering that we've had, but suddenly as if the lights have gone on, we begin to see everything clearly. Whatever happened was there for a good purpose. Whatever happened is a tremendous source of infinite blessing and more than often, if not always often, the blessing that comes after the pain and through the pain and is contained sometimes within the pain, within the darkness, is so much greater than the revealed good. 
And this only comes in the fullness of time with the coming of Mashiach, the true Nachamu Nachamu, the true double consolation that brings about complete and total transformation. Can you imagine one day that when Mashiach will come, we will fully understand why, in fact, individually and collectively as a people, we've gone through the incredible experiences that we've gone through, and many of them, and many of them extremely challenging, extremely difficult, extremely painful. And we thought, why? Why could something like this happen? And we reach out, and the answers don't come as fully, as quickly as we would like them to come. And we are always left with a sense of unfinished emotional, theological, spiritual business. There is a void. There is an emptiness. There is something which is incomplete. There is that hanging question that hasn't been answered. There is that hollowness, that pain, that suffering that seems to be there, well, for a long time. And one day, God will give you the gift of not only understanding why, the great answer to that impossible question. But more so, he will show you why, in fact, it's good, why, in fact, it was a blessing, why, in fact, now you see how great that blessing is. What greater consolation can be than that? And this is the Nachamu Nachamu, the double Nachamu, which is contained within the idea of Hanan. Because what, in fact, we are being told is that, yes, to a certain degree, Well, a limited degree ultimately, but to a great degree even now, we are able to have a glimpse into that double consolation. And how do we do that? Through the study of Torah, through the study of prayer, by understanding Torah, Torah, the gift of God, Torah being given to us from God, that not only is it a book of great knowledge, of great information, of laws, of history, etc., etc., it is God's wisdom It's given by God. It connects us with God. We begin to see tremendous answers to impossible questions. And also prayer, that we go beyond the norm of prayer. We create an excitement. We create a joy. We create a tremendous energy of positive insight, feeling a sense of clarity, opening the lights within our own lives. And this is possible even now. Yes, for Adchanan is possible. And what Moshe is telling us again and again and again, don't stop. Even if it takes 515 times. And perhaps even then you won't be fully satisfied. But don't ever, ever give up. Ask again and ask again. Study again and pray again. Study again and pray again. 550 times. And every single time you are elevated to a higher level to a greater level, to a more profound understanding, to a greater degree of spiritual joy, of spiritual energy. This is what makes the Shabbos so great. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to this parsha carefully. But etchanan from the very first word, listen carefully to the Ten Commandments. Listen carefully to the Shema. Try to understand the personal, direct personal message that is contained within this wonderful parsha. Understand that this is an opportunity to reach that level of nachamu. So when you hear the haftarah being read. After the reading of Torah, you begin to understand, yes, that this is a consolation of an altogether different dimension. It is something which is beautiful in the fullest sense of the word. The relationship of God with man and the relationship of man with God coming together in one parsha, the Ten Commandments and the Shema. Have a wonderful Shabbos.